are listening to Particular Pilgrims, stories from Reformed Baptist history with commentary. I'm your host, Ron Miller, pastor of Covenant Baptist Church of Clarksville, Tennessee, and a longtime student and collector of Particular Baptist history. We are on the Man of God Network, brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. At roughly the same time that Particular Baptists began to appear out of the Puritan and Congregational movements in Old England, they show up in New England. Several men I have already introduced to you spent time in both places. For example, Thomas Patient pastored not only in London, Ireland, and Bristol, but was also in New England. He migrated to the Massachusetts Bay Colony in the 1630s, along with thousands of others seeking relief from religious conformity. While there, he concluded that infant baptism was unbiblical. This may have been as the result of hearing a series of sermons in favor of infant sprinkling. He claims in a later writing to not have known anyone to oppose that doctrine, but these sermons seem to have put real doubts in his mind, and he began to study the question. In any case, by 1642, he was being accused in the Salem court records of, quote, of holding, but also fomenting the error that baptism of infants is no ordinance of God and hindering his child from baptism. And then it adds, gone away. This makes it clear that he and his wife had at least one child, and they refused to have him baptized. And it shows that he once again fled to a freer place from persecution. He eventually returned to Old England, where his major work was to be sent to plant churches in Ireland. Hansard Knowles also spent some time in New England. After being arrested for illegal preaching and held in Boston of Old England, he and his family traveled to Boston of Massachusetts Colony in April of 1638. He quickly moved to what is today New Hampshire and organized a church. Then he moved to Long Island. But three years after he came looking for relief, He returned to England to care for his aged father. He doesn't appear to have been a Baptist while in the colonies, although there are a few hints he may have been. But he certainly came to those convictions more fully upon his return to Old England. There were others more prominent in establishing particular Baptist churches in the New World than these men. I hope to introduce you to some of them in the future. But there is a pastor, largely unknown, who played a significant role in the life of Elias Keach, another old Englander who came temporarily to the New World. You may recall that Elias was the son of Benjamin Keach and that he came to the colonies at 19 in 1684 to start a new life. Needing to support himself, he began to preach, even though unconverted. It was during one of his own sermons that he came under conviction of sin and experienced the grace of God in regeneration. In his confusion, he learned that there was a Baptist pastor in the area. His name was Thomas Dungan, spelled D-U-N-G-A-N. So Elias sought him out, 
and Dungan came alongside the young man. He gave him counsel and comfort, and later baptized him and ordained him. Keach was then sent out to preach the gospel, and he organized several churches in the Philadelphia and Jersey areas. The younger Keach was important in establishing the use of the 1689 Confession of Faith among the churches, but he stayed only until 1692 when he also returned to London in Old England. Thomas Dungan epitomizes the thousands of mostly unknown Baptist elders who were faithful to their calling for a few years and through whom Christ built his church. He was born about 1634 in London, England. He was the son of a perfumer named William, who may have been baptized as an adult in 1628. At that time, this baptism could only have been administered by true Anabaptists or the General Baptists. This raises fascinating but probably unanswerable questions. At any rate, William died when Thomas was just two years old. His mother remarried, and with her new husband, Jeremiah Clerk, they immigrated to Rhode Island in 1637. Does this action indicate that they were Baptists? It seems likely that they were, or at least nonconformists, since that colony had just been established the year before for the purpose of religious liberty. As a boy, Thomas may have been educated at Roger Williams's school in Newport. The family probably attended church at the First Baptist Church of Newport, where the well-known John Clark and Obadiah Holmes were elders. Thomas's stepfather then died, and his mother married William Vaughn about 1655. A year later, Vaughn became the pastor of another Baptist church in Newport. Perhaps he furthered the theological education of his stepson, Thomas. At age 22, Thomas became a freeman, that is, one who had the right of self-determination and could vote. He married Elizabeth Weaver when he was 29. We know little else of him until he moved to Cold Spring in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, about 1684, when he was 50 years old. A group of Welsh Baptists had settled there just a few weeks earlier. They, too, had come from Rhode Island. Duncan then led the newly planted Baptist Church, although it survived only until 1702, a mere 18 years. God had placed it there for good reasons, including ministering to Elias Keach in his hour of need. Thomas Dungan pastored in Cold Spring for about four years. He died in early 1688. Records say he was buried in the church cemetery, and although I lived nearby and searched for its location several times, I was unable to locate it for certain. Thomas left behind a wife and nine children, plus a small congregation of particular Baptists. And although he didn't know it, he played a major role in the growth of innumerable Baptist churches who benefited from his pastoral heart toward Elias Keach and the solid foundation of the Confession of Faith, then called the Philadelphia Confession of Faith, 
and the Philadelphia Baptist Association. He had been God's man in God's place in God's time. The best resource for Thomas Dungan is found in A Noble Company, Volume 1, from Particular Baptist Press in a well-researched article by Robert E. Johnson. Thank you for listening today. This is Ron the Baptist wishing you grace and peace.